love solutions. Hello. This is We Were Gamers, episode, I don't know. 253. 253. A great number, truly. Is it prime, uh, Michael? It's divisible by, it's not prime. It's not, I want to say it's not prime, but I don't have. Prime. Oh, no, I know it's not prime. It's divisible by 11 because the two outside numbers add up to the inside number. There's a fun trick for you. Ooh, not mind. only that, but it's divisible by 11, 23 times, which are the outside numbers. I never knew this type of math. Why didn't anybody teach useful math? <laughs> is knowing when a number is divisible by 11 useful math? Generally I, not. I think, I think it is, though, because there's tons of ways you can base 5 or base 10 things or even guesstimate based on base 5, base 10, mm-hmm. trying to, like do math in your head but 11s are tricky and that's a cool trick but wouldn't it just be better to do base 10 and then not worry about it as base 10 takes you 0.1 the amount of processing time <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the math guy you if you tell me that's the way then sure that's the engineering way i don't know if the math guy would say that that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a podcast, uh, I am hosting today and I am JJ. Hello. Is that what we're doing here? Look, it's been a day. Yeah, you're right. Uh, with, yes. Uh, we record this on a Monday if you guys did not know. Uh, with me today is Michael. Hey everybody. And Andrew. Hey. And, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but I, we got some stuff going on. Uh, I heard that Michael has a solution, and we are always in search of solutions on this podcast. Yes. Is uh, it a mixture have... of water and what? Uh, no, it is not that kind of solution. It is uh, something to help you keep your life organized. That was a good science joke, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Andy, I've, I have been in your garage, and I have seen the number of, of boxes that you have storing different things. How well-versed are you in needing to find something but not knowing exactly which box it might be in i used do you to lose be, do you lose time i used to be very versed at it i'm getting better about being versed at it so I'm not versed at it i guess not versed at it i i i'm trying to improve my storage solutions at all times so you i think you might like this one um the duck company famous for their tape um has a solution called pack and track Mm. where it is a set of QR code labels and it has an associated app and you basically slap one of the QR code labels on a box and you can give it a name and then the app will let you either type out or dictate what's in the box. And then if you're ever looking for anything, all you ever need to do is just search in the app and it'll tell you which box it's in. Ah, so it's like a computer. So I tried one of these types of things for comic books. Okay. Um, but this was in 2008 or 10, somewhere in that range of time. Okay, so so really before, like, the rise of apps. Really, yeah. The iPhone had just launched. I didn't even have one until late 2009, I don't think. Um, 
And even when you did, no one was thinking of using... You could use the phone to attach to things, right? Like, hey, take a picture of it on your phone and send it to the app, to the computer app was the right. way people were doing stuff. And um, and so at the time, people were like, oh, you got to organize your comics into these like computerized things. And people do this with wine, too. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, track their wines, uh, especially if they have large or expensive collections. Um in Excel spreadsheets or things like that. Uh, this app that I used for comics, you could type the UPC codes in and about half the time it would come up with the right comic and the time consumption previous to people finally finding phone based solutions to this stuff was just never worth it. It was almost barrier to entry. It, it was just like, maybe I just shouldn't have these things, <laughs> you know, like, Oh man, but the amount of time you'd spend organizing it all, unless you were super into organizing, was just lost. Because then, even once you had it tracked, you know, if if you didn't update, especially with I tried doing this with wine, and it was like, oh, I forgot to update it the last three times. So, yeah, if the system isn't easy to update, that kind of takes some of the use out of it, right? Because it's yeah. easy for you to just throw something in a box. If you then have to throw it in a box and get out a thing and write a thing and label it and put a sticker and do all this stuff, it's like, you're never going to do it. Huh. Well, so uh, this is helpful, especially for people that are moving, I would think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you you don't have clear boxes. The moving one actually seems really good because then you can, like, the important stuff you do these labels with and the other stuff, whatever, since you didn't care about it in the first place, right? (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you have like multiple boxes for certain rooms. I'm reading this thing and it says you could speak the contents and you you say the word and and it generates the list for you. So if you put plate, if you say plates and silverware, it'll just make a bullet pointed list. Pretty nifty. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty nifty. Yeah, that does seem cool. I might have to pass this along to the person who has more boxes out there than me. <laughs> should no, seems you know good. I mean? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Don't mix with water. No, because we're looking for. I don't know. There was a solution joke there, but I couldn't find it. Uh, I want to get you guys' quick take on something. Uh, this may be more for Andy uh, than Michael. Andrew, what would you, how would you feel if I told you there was a Magic the Gathering set coming back out? And they were reprinting Lightning Bolt. I'd feel like they were crazy people. And also Dark Ritual. No. And also Demonic Tutor. What are they doing? a bunch of other really crazy cards that are uh, really broken and powerful, essentially. Uh, The new Magic the Gathering set has this uh, thing called the Mystical Archives where it's basically reprints of a bunch of cards from the history of Magic the Gathering. So none uh, of these will be legal. Art. And they are not legal in standard, right? Some of them are Michael. legal in historic. Yes. Mike, Michael, what if I told you you got to just pay one mana to get three mana? Okay. That, that seems, seems like, like a good trade. It seems like seems a, pretty good, right? It seems like yeah. a pretty good card, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially when, you know, there's minimum card limits and you can just put that in there and be like oh look it's like barely even a card in my deck it's the first turn of the game and i now have three mana 
pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. So they are doing this, and some of these cards are coming to the historic format. Not the most broken ones, such as Lightning Bolt or Swords to Plowshares. Oh, wow. But some of the broken ones, like <laughs> Inquisition of Kozilek, which is essentially Thoughtseize, which is already legal and historic. So now Black has two Thoughtseizes. Isn't that great? No. It's not. I know. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> also, they're reprinting a bunch of Storm cards. But you don't have Storm. to play that mode, right? That's like not the main mode. No, but I do like that mode, actually. Oh, you used to like that mode. Well, yeah, I'm not going to like it very much <laughs> after this. I can tell you that. Uh, I'm, I think people are excited because they're printing Storm cards in this. And uh, Storm, the mechanic in Magic that is so broken, they named the scale for how broken mechanics were after it. So the the scale of how broken is this mechanic is called the storm scale. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and storm is the top one, <laughs> and everyone is less than that. <laughs> Have they reintroduced uh, a lot of the mill stuff that made lightning bolt and all some of these other cards a problem, like the the uh, return to hand stuff? There certainly are a lot of ways to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the thing is that with lightning bolt specifically, they aren't allowing that one into the format but yet they're allowing the most powerful black ones which is very confusing to everyone so crazy. i just uh i wanted to get that out there that i thought that this is crazy and i don't know why clearly the design team is favoring black and we need to get that guy whoever <laughs> it is he or she out of there and put someone well uh, since you're since you're on card games ryan sent me a review of the new uh, hearthstone classic mode Oh yes, I did want to, I did remember that that happened, but I have not played it yet. His review was a photo that he sent me that was an achievement that just said play a Chillwind Yeti turn 1. <laughs> okay. He that said classic mode's pretty it. good. <laughs> the the achievement was never forget. Coin innervate, right? Yep, coin innervate. Wow. Wow magic yeah i guess i guess you know what this is it's uh viral marketing is what it is it, i think it is just interesting that uh, they also are doing alternate art on all these cards uh with some pretty cool looking art um which you know that's sparf the course right reprint same card with new art so that everyone has to buy it again yep get that new skin it really is like that, right? That's exactly well, what it's yeah, like. Because it's digital. Oh. I did actually play a video game, multiple video games this week. Uh, you guys want to hear about them real quick? Not real quick. Extremely play... long <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I don't know that I have a lot to say about uh, the Yakuza Remastered Collection, which I have been working my way through. Uh, I completed Yakuza 3... I don't like that game. I think we talked about it already. I think the story is fine, but actually playing it sucks. Uh, and I finished Yakuza 4 this week also. Did it like bring you back? That, I like playing that game significantly more than Yakuza 3, but by the end, I was pretty over it. Uh, and the there is a lot of boss fights at the end of that game, man. <laughs> Just like... Uh, yeah. It also is the first one that has multiple protagonists, and I think... I didn't like a couple of the protagonists and that kind of dragged for a while. So 
I still think they are fun crime mafia type stories, but that's really kind of all I'm getting out of them. I'm not doing all the side content and stuff anymore. So I think the main story is what people idolize about that series anyway, right? I mean, it's certainly the thing I want, right? It's just like mafia story of dudes taking off their shirts and punching each other in the rain and that kind of stuff. Only if they're tatted yeah. up. But sometimes they don't have tattoos because they're secretly a cop. Oh, is that how you know they're a cop? No. There definitely were some guys who just were there and they just didn't have tattoos. Hmm. So, I don't know. Man. I know, right? But I also played a lot more Loop Hero, so... <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> yes, the looping continues. Yeah, you may think that this podcast is on a loop from last week, but no, we still played more of this. So, Michael, where are you at these days in Loop Hero? I assume um, you're still playing. Yes, I am still playing. I was playing yesterday. Uh, I just managed to complete Chapter 2. Okay, nice, nice. How did you do that? Did you use the Warrior or the Rogue? Uh, so I went with the, I, I have the, the Necromancer unlocked, um, but I went with the Rogue for this particular run. Um, and I paired that with, uh, I'm trying to remember what I used as as setup. Um, I went a little, basically on, on what we had talked about uh, that you had recommended from last week, which is um, using the gold card that gives you an extra slot to equip something. Mm-hmm. Um, for the rogue, that means that he can equip the, the necklaces that grant the magic shield and then using forests to increase attack speed and sand dunes to decrease base HP. Yep. Without impacting, without impacting the magic shield HP. Yep. That's a really good combo right there. And it worked out pretty well. Uh, I will say this about chapter two. I really like the fact that you don't have to worry about surrounding your camp with structures. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that a story based I, thing that is not a spoiler? Like why, why no, do you not have no, to? No, it's not a spoiler. So the boss of the first chapter, if you don't, for every empty space around your campsite, he builds a section of palace and gets a boost to HP and damage for every section of palace that is on the field. So this is a boss based. The boss each chapter is changing what the what you should do. Yes. You know, I didn't actually look to see if the chapter two boss gets a bonus from anything. I don't think so. I'd have to. I check mean, the, again. the fight itself has its own gimmicks. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that gimmick is enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. Uh, I think the... So have you stayed... Have you killed the boss and then stayed? Uh, I did in Chapter 1. I haven't yet in Chapter 2. Since it was the first time I beat it, I figured I'd, I'd retreat back to the... Uh, to my village. But yeah, I've I've done it in Chapter 1. Okay, so obviously you can continue that in Chapters 2 and beyond. Yes. I think that the that's a great way to farm resources. Obviously, you have to be like in a alive enough state after beating the boss, you know, to not die on your next loop or whatever. Right. Um, but that's definitely a great way to to just get really, really, really a lot of resources. If you could just, you know, because at some point, if your build and your card 
layout or whatever is broken enough, your person is just mowing everything down. Yeah, exactly. They can't, you're too fast and you have too much of a shield or you're evading everything. Right. And like, yeah, they, they get stronger as the loops go on, but also you're getting more equipment, which then you just keep upgrading. Right. And really you can kind of go forever. I forgot yeah. to ask last time, are equipment levels infinite? So like if you're on a good loop and you beat the boss and you're strong enough after the boss, the do you just keep outscaling the monsters because the levels of the items are always going up or do the level item levels uh, cap out? I think they keep going up. I, I don't know what the max number of loops possible is. I think it might just be effectively infinite. Yeah, I don't know. I think at some point, I, the thing that does cap out, I know at some point is the resources you collect. There are caps for how many of those resources you can collect on each expedition, right? Mm-hmm. So at some yes. point you can't, you even if you keep going around and you keep getting better loot, you're not getting any wood, you're not getting any stone, you're not getting any of the other materials you need to upgrade your camp. So there's no point in staying there anymore. Other than just to make the number of loops go up. I, guess. I see. Okay. Right. Unless they start adding achievements to the game or something, there's really no point. Yeah, I yeah. know there's I know there is an achievement for filling every available tile and the only way you could do that is to keep going around loops after you beat the boss. Right. Cuz you definitely need more you need to place more stuff than will spawn the boss in order to do yes. that. Uh yeah. I uh I did beat the boss of chapter 3, who I will tell you is not my friend. Okay. I mean, none of the bosses are your friend, right? But this, I was particularly had a tough time with that one. Um, and uh, I die a lot on chapter four now. Don't get very far. Just die. So, Andy, there's a wrinkle that gets added for chapter four. Rather than having just the standard boss meter okay. that you have in the first three chapters, right. that meter gets subdivided into quarters. And there is now a boss at every quarter. And I think, are they the same, JJ? Oh. The same three? Uh, I can tell you the first quarter spawns the boss from chapter one. Okay, then. Wow. So I would assume that they would be the, the bosses from chapters one through three. I can't tell you anything past that because I've died every time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, yeah, I think my strategy of cards that I've been using in farming in chapter three is no good in chapter four at all because it takes too long to get good. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I'm not sure what to do. I've definitely been cheesing some of the car cheesing. I don't know. The game is about cheesing it, so it's not really the game. I've been is, playing the it's game. Literally about playing the game, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing the game, uh abusing the cards that, that when you place them give you extra experience from killing monsters. And so I've just been leveling like a fiend and have tons of perks and stuff before I fight the boss. Those perks are great. And some of them are really good. I kind of think that like the necromancer class maybe depends on the perks way more than the other two. It might, although there are, there are a few with the, no, that's probably true. That's probably true. I I don't, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the, the perks from the warrior, but the, the rogue perks, um, while some of them are really good, I don't know that any of them really feel necessary. Yeah. There's a couple that I really like, but like, I like them interchangeably, right? Where there's mm -hmm. a couple on the Necromancer I want every single time. Like, yes. I want this perk. It, if you would, if it would offer me the same perk 50 times, I would pick it every time. Um, but it, 
doesn't. And that also the Necromancer really suffers from like, you need specific loot and it feels like you always need that specific loot. And like, there aren't other ways to play that class. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it feels like it anyway. Yeah. And that's, that is one of the things that, that I think impacts how you like to play too, is the loot difference between the way that the warrior and the Necromancer get loot and the way that the rogue gets loot. Yeah. And the warrior has a similar issue, right? Where the they the warrior gets loot. So the rogue getting the loot all at once at the end of the loop feels like a good like ah, I have completed a loop. Here's my reward, right? Yeah. Whereas the other classes just kind of are very incrementally getting loot as they go around and stop and kill a monster here and there or whatever. And it just feels a like a it's harder to gauge your progress that way. Maybe I'm just feeling that way. I really just like the rogue class, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It, I wonder oh. if if it's a game like where just certain bosses, one class is unviable. It could be. It certainly could be. I feel like I don't know how you would beat the second chapter boss with the warrior. It's a good hmm. question. So, I mean, my, Michael, you know what the thing is. Yeah. I Do you just like... Even if you jack your attack speed up through the roof, then you hit that stamina cooldown, and then all the things come back, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of how you would do it unless... So what I haven't played with is what extra equipable you get for the warrior. Uh, I believe you get a helmet. Okay. And hmm, okay, yeah. I haven't I haven't played with what the helmet does for you. I want to say the helmet does like deals damage when you take damage, because it's got like a spike on it or something. I guess <laughs> it huh. doesn't that, deal that... like you know <laughs> visual <laughs> representations. Yeah, and I I don't know if that ha- that helps you for that boss because the boss doesn't attack you directly. Right, you'd never be able to damage her. Or, you know, maybe you would get a few hits in here or there. I guess you just build, like, super tanky and can outlast for forever. That's probably your best. Those guys hit really hard, though. Yeah, they do. I don't know. All (laughs) right. I don't don't want to talk about it forever. (laughs) I Man, this game is fun. (laughs) I like this game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll be excited when they do, if when they hopefully roll out mid-loop saving. That will be... Wonderful. Also, uh, I have seen them teasing uh, out there of new content that they are planning to add. Uh, the pixel art was for looked like new enemies based on the direction they were facing. <laughs> oh, okay. So maybe that means new cards. Maybe that means Ooh. new enemies, new buildings. I don't know. That um, game took off. They sold a new, half a million a new class. Yeah, they sold a lot. I sus- a lot more than I think probably they were predicting. So. All right. Well, uh, we got any news this week? It's been kind of a, I don't know, we sort of been a down week a little bit in some ways. Been pretty busy myself. I saw something crazy. Okay. I like crazy. I don't know if it's good crazy. I don't think I'm going to like it very much. Maybe I don't like crazy. Hold on. Uh Because I'm going to say the word acronym not word acronym nft okay i'm not liking it <laughs> then i'm gonna say video games 
and probably not liking it. How awesome is it going to be when games are now going to be funded by unique items sold through non-fungible tokens in games? I.e., Sean Mendez is currently selling a digital guitar for a video game as an NFT collectible. NFTs are stupid, and people that like them are stupid. <laughs> they're the next crypto, I, right? I, they are. They're not the next crypto. They are exactly crypto. They're related directly to Ethereum, so it's the same crypto. Is it really? All the yes. There's there's more bullshit on top of that, but that is the base layer. It is that same same. So, <laughs> if you didn't like crypto before, you have no reason to like this. Yes. Uh, so this seems a more uh, palatable way for companies to think about getting into crypto uh, and creating items that they can then charge millions of dollars for, much like the NFT Pokemon card set that just was sold. So you don't get the actual item. You just own them somehow. Magically, through the magic of the Internet. I mean, the same... It- you know, in a similar way that you own a Bitcoin or you own a other cryptocurrency, you own these, right. which, okay. It all becomes like, what are they worth? What can you get other people to pay you for them? Which typically the answer is nothing because they're, you can't. And who? No one, no one places a value on the gift that you saved on the blockchain. And who, who are you allowed to sell it to? Who owns that thing? Because, oh, I sold a tweet. Well, doesn't maybe Twitter owns that and you sold it? Or I sold something uh, that I bought in a video game to someone else. How do I transfer it? Yeah, right? certainly the, the stuff that you can do with these things. Like who owns them at least is determined based on the technology from what I understand. Like you know who's the owner of it currently, right? Based on how this the blockchain thing works. Sure, but that sometimes mean, you're selling something legally, you may not have the right to sell, right? Right. That doesn't mean legally that you can sell a anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, get ready for it. It's the next thing I guarantee you. that It may not take over like it, these. a couple of these articles are predicting. VentureBeat was one of them and another. Another place they're talking about how they're going to use these blockchain items to create unique items in games, right? And you'll have to have your Activision blockchain wallet so that you can own your unique weapon skin for Call of Duty or whatever, right? No. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. yeah hard, pass. Hard, hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. It's going to be a no. Going to be a no from me, dog. Yeah. I thought. <laughs> I thought we would all have a rough left for the same opinion. We get to all sound like uh, the old, the uh, old men. Although okay. Andrew, are, are you excited to hear that Crash Four came out on uh, BattleNet? I'm staring at and it right now. It's it's about time, and uh, is always online, even though it's a single player game with no multiplayer components uh-huh. whatsoever. Uh huh. Cool. Thanks, Blizzard. Yeah, Activision or yeah. whoever is in charge of this. Oh, uh, if you're if we're talking about the online Blizz Blizz Division BattleNet or whatever you want to call it. Actabliz, Actabliz is the one, right? Yeah, I assume. I don't know. So the Battle.net is now Actabliz, right? Uh, on PC, they've now optimized the Call of Duty Modern Warfare client so that if you have certain things installed, it'll actually cross-check between the three games that they packaged into one game 
to make sure you don't have a 150 megabyte or a gigabyte install when you really don't need it. Their solution to this, however, is deleting and re-downloading everything you have. <laughs> so uh, in order to remove 10 to 20 to sometimes, some cases, 30 gigabytes worth of double data that they have in these clients that are all bundled together, uh, you got to re-download 70 gigs of data. <laughs> but then I'm sure when they update, they won't make you download 70 more gigs again, right? No, of course not. No, it'll be a one-time-ish thing until they balloon the size of this thing again. I'm nodding my head safely I, here. <laughs> sure you are. I'm not <laughs> nodding anything. I'm just sort of dejectedly staring at my keyboard as I realize tomorrow this download is going to hit my computer. Ooh. How about 150 gigs, man? What do you got? Yeah. I don't know how much room I have to actually install the update. Thanks to their game. Man. Oh, man. Uh, well, if you guys want to, if you guys want to hear about game updates, you should take a look at this list that I'm about to send you. Uh-oh. Uh, CD Projekt Red put out a patch for Cyberpunk 2077, and it fixes hundreds of bugs. I mean, good? Yeah, it's good that they put it out. It's really bad that they had to. This this scroll bar on this webpage I'm opening is very small. So I, <laughs> I unclicked the thing that stops my wheel from spinning, and I just spun it as hard as I could, and it, when it came to rest... Were you I, even halfway? I was not halfway. I was about a third. This is long. I haven't gotten to the second heading yet. Uh, but the one that stopped in the middle of the screen and grabbed my eye was fixed an issue where Pan Am's car could get launched into the air in with a little help from my friends. It's always good when your game can just randomly launch cars into the air during a quest. Yeah. I mean, I feel that people have played Skyrim enough to know that that's just a thing that happens in these kinds of games, right? Oh, of course. Which is why... And, and, why... and Fallout 2, right? Just, Fallout also. Yeah. I mean, I never would have picked this up right away. Yeah, but I think, you know, the that this game came out and set a new bar for a level of broken glitchiness at release. This is an impossibly long page to read. Fixed multiple issues with assets floating in the air. Fixed issues where rain would be present in covered areas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, man, this is just a long, this is, I just, this is long. This is a Characters lot of stuff will no longer click, clip through car. That seems good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here, I finally found one. Fixed NPC T-posing. There you go. Right, that's probably a really good one. Yeah, one would hope. Good God, this list is long. I hope this list is long in the way that makes me actually a little bit concerned. Follow my logic here. They fixed all these issues and they know exactly where the issues were. I wonder if they didn't fix the underlying problems here and just wrote more code on top of all this stuff to fix it. Oh, I bet you don't want to know the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I bet you are you'd be much more terrified to learn how many things work like that in your daily life all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You probably shouldn't, shouldn't ever use inspect on a web page. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. That's a list. Good job. 
I, you know what? Good on them. Good on them. Yeah, fix fix the stuff that is, that is broken about your game. Please don't kill your employees while doing it. Yeah. All right. On on another topic, uh, I think we have ignored it long enough on this podcast. No more. Can we do that? We must speak on the topic of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do we have? Yep. Do we have a? A, th- a thesis is, is that what we're leading to here <laughs> i have watched at least the first episode yes i think we've all seen at least one i've seen the magic of the ending of the first episode i enjoyed watching that episode you know it was uh mellow by the standards of wandavision i would say it's now a- would you say that it is mellow by the standards of like the first three episodes of wandavision because maybe not right um yes and no right it doesn't have the hook wandavision has of like what oh what am i watching oh it's i love lucy oh it's um the yeah that's true Van Dyke show it's you know like the time jumping thing even if it didn't amount to much was at least a visual hook and this one's very slow burn of like hey superheroes kind of don't get paid for what they do um Let's Unconscionable, do. Tony Stark. What the hell are you doing with your money? Come on, man. Pay your employees. What the heck? And also looking into uh, more than uh, WandaVision did, what happens when people come back from the blip? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm very curious to see what they do with that kind of storyline. Because it's like kind of been floating in the background a little bit of this show, right? It wasn't the main thing they were talking about in episode one, but it definitely was... No, it's the, I mean, it's, the motive, it's the motivation for the uh, the terrorist group thereafter. Right. It's, it's like it, it's related, but it's not necessarily the A plot, right? The terrorist group is the A plot, but the right. reasons and, and what do they do about it? Because yeah. like, you know, they, they unsnapped all those people. So like, you know, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, good questions that I've seen after about the unsnapping are. So she came back in WandaVision sitting where she was, right? Like. What happened to people that were on plane flights when they got blipped? Great question. They just Good question. came back in the middle of the air. They came back in a plane that may not exist anymore because it's crashed on the ground. Like that's what I would assume Marvel would go with. Like, oh no, they're just standing on the ground where the plane. I was going to say under yeah. where they were. You like you like to think that the oh the they're magic just uh, they're sitting. That all those people are just uh, floating in the middle of the ocean. There, great. Uh huh. Yeah, hundreds of miles too. from shore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it's a fascinating concept for them to try to tackle because you know the they showed in those movies hey the world kind of fell apart when half the people and the infrastructure that was needed for the people that didn't exist anymore started to to break down they rejiggered the world and then all those people all of a sudden are back instantly like right and there's no support for yeah that many people didn't we just get rid of half the people's jobs you know like that kind of thing Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, and I think the Marvel movies have shown, uh, you know, the movies have shown that the superheroes are great at dealing with these like big threats, but they're not really great at like solving the problems of society. And they really have not. I mean, Marvel seems to have had a expressed desire to not have them attempt to tackle any of that. Right? Interesting that Falcon is the first one that might be headed that direction. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. Right? It is a it is a new topic for this 
I don't know, the MCU to to cover. So. It's also yeah. interesting to look at the MCU and have somebody that is a hero be instantly betrayed, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, there was the whole Hydra was in on betraying Captain America, right? In the elevator scene and all that sort of stuff. But, like, straight up just, I'm going to hand over this shield for a museum, and all of a sudden, five seconds later, the government has decided to just stab you in the back, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's a pretty deep social commentary there. Yeah, and I think the... You know, it's also the really the first chance we have to see a lot of of James, right? Like Bucky to see how his life has gone since he's the is he the last like really old guy, right? Because he's over a hundred or whatever. Right? Yeah, does that hundred and six? And that was Steve before. That was his whole thing, right? He was just super like really old, mm-hmm. right? But now Bucky is the only one, and now literally everyone from his younger days is gone right pretty much yeah what a weird position to be in right and your best friend is uh spoilers your best friend is the dude's father you killed in in a hotel oh man yeah that was that was rough what a twist that 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 got me on that one i was like ooh, i didn't feel good (laughs) it did not feel good no it doesn't uh my wife called that one quick she's like i bet you i'm like i don't know maybe and then, uh, yeah, he busted out his little list, and you're like, "Oh no, yikes!" Yeah, I I will say I like. Uh, is it Edie Falco? The the uh, what's her name? The uh, the doctor, the psychiatrist. Oh, the psychiatrist. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Edie Falco? Yeah, I like her. She seems to have his number, character wise. Yeah, and Which the actress good. portrays that well. I think. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of like. I know what you're doing. You're trying to deflect. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You know right. what? You know what? Some of this, that first episode felt like to me, actually both, both the first two episodes a little bit to me felt like Marvel does lethal weapon. Oh, interesting. There Just definitely in the, is. Like, right. The, the PTX, the PTSD X military man teaming up with the, the hmm. somewhat more by the book cop we got are you are you literally pointing out that we have a Riggs and Murtaugh situation here I, I mean it it kind of feels like it doesn't it? I think Andy needs to see the second episode before we talk too much more about the buddy cop stuff yeah okay I'll watch it this week I promise we'll be caught up uh, I was like yeah I, I I hey no one's no one's uh, throwing any shade here. I mean, I it's think important. They, they are definitely they are definitely setting up a like, yeah, like like a buddy cop kind of thing here with James and uh, shoot, I keep forgetting what's the Sam and Sam, Sam. Thank you, and and them just sort of being like at each other's throat. Like clearly, they're not super liked. Like they don't like each other that much. Sure, right. Um. So yeah, it, like I'm again. It is the one of the interesting plot threads. Is I, I kind of don't care about the terrorists. I don't know. Like they haven't done a good job of making me care about them so I, far. I, okay, so this is just one episode's worth of info. But like that guy that's supposed to be Sam's like contact with the oh I, I'm mm-hmm. following the terrorists around and this is the investigation of the story. And I was like, I 
if he died in the first he, episode, I was gonna be like, meh. You who know? cares, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's he's over there working for the troops. Like, not, okay, not, I get it. He's yeah. in the military, like doing military stuff. Not Great. not a knock on the actor or anything. Just kind of no, like the no, character yeah, was not introduced in a way that I was like cared much about him. You you met him on screen for ten seconds as Sam's friend, and then immediately had to be like, okay, he's Sam's friend, and then Sam's friend goes off and does dangerous mission. And you're like, all right. Do I care though? He's just Sam's friend. It's not like it's Sam. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I don't know. Like again, one of the problems of, you know, so the the other thing, this is only six episodes, right? I think they've said that. Yeah. Short due to COVID. Interesting. Yeah. I think it was planned for more, but they rejiggered it to end at six. Wow. I will be, I will be interested to see if it feels like it got shortchanged or if they managed to, to repatch it together in such a way that it feels complete. Well, so WandaVision leads into multiverse of madness, or at least is semi tangentially connected. Uh, how, what is this supposed to be leading for? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily is supposed to be leading into anything. I guess they could always call him back and do six more or something. Just leave it that way or. I mean, I guess if they decided they had that much more story, right? Or if they just cut the two episodes or three or whatever and just got to the ending and didn't have the middle. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, shows don't shoot that way generally. But when you're making a Disney Plus show, maybe maybe you have it all in the can-ish and you can make some. Or I, I just mean, you know, like if you have a, you know, you have the layout of the progression of the story and you're like, oh, okay, we're running out of money. COVID's coming or whatever we're going to stop scheduling the shoots for episodes five and six and just script to eight, nine and 10, right. Or whatever. Hmm. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't I'm not in production. So, uh, if you know, you could email us. Yeah, we would certainly take that. You can email us at podcast at we were We will absolutely read that email on the air. If you send that to us. So there you go. I, I'm going to watch it, right? Why not? Yeah, I'm going to keep, keep watching it, man. Why? I don't know. Not. Why not? I mean, six episodes is such a, a minor investment of time. I like Bucky Barnes enough that if someone said, there's six hours of Bucky Barnes to watch, I'd be like, all right, sounds good. Just watch him stare at you for six hours? I could watch him in therapy for six hours. <laughs> I actually would maybe like the show where he's in therapy for six hours. It might be really good. I don't know. There's a there's a good therapy scene in the second episode, Andy. Okay. I'm excited. Yes, there is. All right. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Everyone agrees that that show is fun. Um, but there's more TV out there that I don't think I even knew was coming out. You might need therapy to watch it. Ooh. Well, yeah. You might need yeah. therapy uh, after you watch every, it. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, the everything but the last five minutes of the first episode. It's it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Spoiler warning. It's a, yeah, spoiler uh, warning. Crank up the spoiler also, sign. Maybe, maybe a little bit of a, a content content <laughs> warning. Crank up the spoiler warning and the content signs. My favorite comic book of all time, Invincible's Amazon Prime animated television show by Robert Kirkman, launched last week. And did it launch with all the episodes out? Is three. this the whole? No, it's weekly, but they launched the first three all at once. I see. Okay. Uh, likely because of what happens in the first one, you'll want to keep watching. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and people would be like, what? I have to come back in a week? You know, um, I don't know. But people like, uh, J.K. Simmons are in it, J.J. 
Okay. I um, like him. Sandra O. Oh. I don't know if you know who Steve like Ewan is, um, but he's a Sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. He's a, uh, a walking dead actor who's, I think he won an Emmy and was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. I believe. Great. Anyway, there's also uh, a lot of cameo appearances to uh, Sonequa Martin-Green from Star Trek uh, in there. Okay. Uh, uh, I think Mark Wahlberg is in there. Uh, not Mark Wahlberg. Mark Hamill. Okay. I know that guy. Yep. I don't, I don't know about Mark but, Wahlberg, you, but I definitely know Mark are you Hamill. trying to say, is Marky Mark in this? Uh, I don't believe so. No, I don't think so. But certainly uh oh. certainly Mark Hamill is in it. As a non I mean, it's a lot of people. As a non uh as an important character, let's say. <laughs> mm-hmm, you'd mm-hmm. think he was showing up to do uh like a a bit thing, right? Like he did for Mandalorian, but I he's not going to. And then I don't know if you know people like uh Jason Manzukas, the comedian or Zachary Quinto, who played Spock. I know Zachary Quinto. Uh, Spock. Yep. Seth, uh, Seth, Seth Rogen's Rogan. in it. Seth Rogen's going to be in it later, yeah. Uh, May uh, Whitman. Clancy Brown. Okay. Nicole Byer. There's yeah. a lot of people that I know. Uh, Mahershala Ali and John Hamm. Yeah, that's right. Mahershala Ali. Oh. Yeah, he plays Titan. Yep. Who's, uh, I like him. Important. I like him. I like John Hamm, too. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of voices in it. Uh, I think what happened is people read the script and gave it to their friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I love this comic uh, for one reason. Michael, I don't know if you got this impression at the end of the first episode because I think you only watched the first one. Yeah. I picked this book up when it was new and it took a few more issues than the first issue for what the first episode gives you. Right. Yeah. It's an hour long. So, you know, comic books are not very long. Yeah. And like how many pages is one issue of a comic, right? right? Like 12 or something max. Now it, I mean, it was only a few issues though, before, before this happens, it's like three or four. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, Uh, but I should just reread it because it's good. At that moment, you understand that this comic is essentially about what if uh, what was it like when Superman was a teenager, right? Was the premise of the beginning of this story. Right. But not in a Smallville kind of way. Like, what if Superman wasn't Superman before he was a teenager? Um, That's been retconned several different ways. In various yeah, Superman but, but Kirkman, Kirkman did the thing that made The Walking Dead famous, and he does it with Invincible 2 what if you just took every trope and thought about it for a second? So the the episode actually opens up and my wife made this comment and she goes, the superheroes are evacuating the building before they fight the villain. That's really smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you would think that that would happen more often. Right. So they have, you know, they have their version of the justice league show up JJ mm-hmm. and literally one or two of them distract the enemies for a little bit while everyone, runs around saving people until they have a clear area to fight. Gosh, that seems like, you know, something that you would 
think yeah. people would do. Not more. something you see in a Marvel movie anyway, right? Right, yeah. They always take great pains in Marvel movies to be like, everyone has evacuated the town, guys. And then like, you yeah. know. Except for uh, uh, Iron Man 3, right? Oh, and except for all of those Superman movies where he just destroys entire <laughs> oh buildings. God. Except where it serves the plot. Um, but, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, he doesn't write the teenager as if he's some sort of genius superhero. The teenager fights villains and destroys half a city block because he doesn't know how to fight without, you know, throwing mm-hmm. the guy through a building. <laughs> so he kind of he has that ability to make you pause and think about like what the genre means and what what the characters would be like. And I think, um, unfortunately for some people that they won't like the fact that that means there's a lot of gore in this show. That's the content warning for you. Yeah. Uh, if a guy whose fingers could hit you with the power of a Mack truck, punched you in the face with his whole hand. It's going to go through your face. It gets messy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh yeah i don't know michael i i pre-sold it i think and i feel like maybe i i should have let you speak first to hear what your opinions were before i invested my soul into it yeah well just just to set it up jj for you it's a uh a regular teenager who has a superhero for a father uh, has alien. not yes an alien superhero for a father uh has not developed any of his powers yet and mm-hmm. so is just is a normal kid. And uh, the first episode deals with him basically finally starting to get his powers and basically being like a toddler learning to walk again. But also uh, dealing with trying teenage to... angst of I need to live up to my father. Immediately. Right. Yeah. And so one, you know, wanting to to run before he can walk kind of thing mm-hmm. and starts, you know, starts trying to fight crime before he's really ready. And like Andy said, does more damage in stopping the, the villains than, than he saves by stopping them. (laughs) Okay. I mean, this sounds like a fun premise for a show. And I guess the question then is, do we, do you, I mean, I assume Andy knows the like length of the story generally. I do. Yeah. I, I guess is is this comic completed? Is it done? Are they still? This making comic more? has yeah. This comic has ended. Yeah, has ended. Okay. So then, would, are they doing the whole run of the comic here, or is this just like the first arc or something? Uh, they've committed to doing the first season. I think only. I don't recall. I don't recall how far they've said they're going to go. Um, yeah, they probably are intentionally not telling you where their season ends, right? <laughs> well, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, they'll probably end the Viltrumite arc, which is uh, Viltrum is the Viltrum planet is the, the kid's planet dad is, is from. Is, so there's a whole arc about. Like, oh, hey, uh, you know, this is this is what's going on in the story and and this is who your father is and all that sort of stuff in there. It's a decently long arc with a lot of subplots and um, 
you know, he has to meet a whole bunch of other superheroes that aren't in the show in the first episode and stuff like that. So they could get okay. through that and stop there if it's not um, if it's not taking off. But the series goes much, much, much longer, like into adulthood for Mark, the main character. He did okay. what he did when he ended. It was almost the same thing he did with The Walking Dead. It was like, oh, this story's done now. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. I'm invested in some of these side characters that you just left in space somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> done with the story, I guess. Yeah. I'm it's a good thing to do, right? If you're done, you're done. Yeah. I mean, you know, the it is worse, certainly, I think, to creatively drag something out for a hundred years just because it makes a billion dollars or whatever. And Yeah. Oh, definitely. What did, I have what did way you, more respect uh, for them just What did you think, Michael? Before we talk about the last part of this. Yeah. But what did you think in general? Would, are you going to watch the other two episodes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely... Uh, like, even before the, the hook of the last scene, uh, it definitely had me intrigued to see where it was going. Uh, so, Although now, now with, the, with that the last hook. scene, <laughs> I, have, I have way less of an idea of where it's going. Yeah, so... There's a false ending, JJ, in the first episode, and you watch the whole episode, and you're like, "I get what this is. You know, this is Karate Kid, but with superpowers. This is, this is Superman, Smallville reimagined in a big city with a, you know, with a dad and all that kind of stuff. Like you kind of get where mm. it's going, and the and the show ends on yep. him, and then it, oh, well, it ends on him okay. figuring out his superhero name, right, Invincible, and they give you this yeah. huge splash title card with soaring music. And it goes to credits for like 15 seconds. Yeah. And then it unfades to black. <laughs> okay. And there's a whole after credit scene. And I don't know, Michael, let's debate it in front of him. I did not tell my wife what was going to happen in that scene. Ooh. I worked on the theory that what hooked me most about that comic book was not knowing that was coming. And so I wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think that that, that is the, uh, probably the right way to go about it. I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious to see. I, hmm. Yeah, there's a very graphic scene afterwards. Okay. For warning okay. for people. We said it before, and we'll say it again. I think uh, content can be very hard think, to watch. Andrew, before we like straight up say whatever it is, I, do you think that like did your wife like get mad about it, or was it something that you should have warned her about that you think in retrospect? That's a good question. Um, no. I I don't generally believe in that. I know some people... Well, maybe I don't believe in it because I know she could handle it. Mm-hmm. She did not enjoy it at first. Well, I mean, it sounds like whatever it is is not intended to be enjoyable. It's right? not supposed to be right. enjoyed. Uh, but that's the point. And since I right. knew she could handle it i didn't say anything and then at the after it's over you're left going what the hell is gonna happen now you know mm-hmm. 
Anyway, do we want the spoilers or not? Uh, you guys can do it. I'm, I'm curious now. Okay. Well, we can use we can use JJ as as the, the other side of the coin. I guess. Okay. Yeah. So Andy Andy mentioned that there is an equivalent to like the Justice League, but Superman um, and in this right. story is uh, Invincible's dad. He's, his name is Omni Man, and he is yeah. not part of the Justice League. Uh, so in the in this post credit scene. Uh, all of the the league gets a uh, an emergency page, and so they all show up at their Fortress of Solitude headquarters, only to realize that none of them actually sent the page. And right as they're right as they're starting to realize that maybe this is a trap, Omni Man attacks all of them. And you know, being that he is essentially invincible himself, he wrecks house literally takes every punch everybody can give him so like they have a version of the flash right well what if if the flash has to punch you if you just sort of wait for him to come to you you can get him you know i mean at some point he has to touch you right right uh yeah yeah. so he then very graphically because he is superman without uh the restraint of being a DC character uh, murders all of them without the age rating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Literally Dang. murders all of them. And so you've spent the whole episode assuming that that's the justice league of this universe, right? And that invincible will grow up to be the Superman of this group of heroes that you have watched for 15 20 minutes of this episode and the characters have talked about for 15 or 20 more minutes of the episode uh and the hero's father has now murdered all of them for no apparent reason other than to just do it yeah and then he just collapses among the the remains and that's the end of the episode dang all right, well, now it seems like I have to watch this show. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna—I was probably going to watch the show anyway, but yeah. now it seems like I'm going to have to. Yeah. And why he does it uh, is fascinating. The psychology of why is, is fascinating. I can't wait for you guys to watch it and see what, what, if you think it pans out or not. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to watch more, so... That's invincible. We will talk more. Yes, we will talk more. And in fact, if you want to talk with us about it, you can send that to podcast at waywardgamers.com. An email address where we will read your email. And if it is cool, talk about it on the air. We're also, uh, this podcast is available on YouTube. And there are some sweet videos on there. People should go watch them. New videos. Videos with mm -hmm. yellow audio visualizers. Very cool yellow audio visualizers. <laughs> and yeah, you, can, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, Instagram. We are on all those places. Yes, thank you. And I think, did I say it on the air last time? Don't remember if I did. Say it again anyway. I think I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut. 
Oh, you were debating it last time, and now we've committed? I think I'm going to do it eventually. I won't commit to doing it by next week, but sometime I will do it. Maybe save Invincible for after, just to give you a palate cleanser. Yeah.